Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you are at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you so much for joining us today for this episode of Hope Along the Journey. We appreciate you listening today and just want to say to all of you how much we appreciate your prayers and support of this ministry. Many of you have reached out to me and let me know that you are listening, and I deeply appreciate that. But there are numbers of you that I still would love to hear from. If you have a moment, would you just send me an email? The email address is hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Again, that's hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Facebook. We have a Hope Along the Journey Facebook page, and we are on Instagram. We also have a newsletter that we are putting out on a regular basis, and we would love to have you as part of our Hope Along the Journey uh, email family getting our newsletter. So what you need to do is just go to the website. That website is www.hopealongthejourney.org. Again, that's just www.hopealongthejourney.org. And there will be a pop-up screen that will say, Stay in Touch. When that pop-up screen comes up, just put in your email address and we will get you added to our regular newsletter. During the month of September, we are raising money for this ministry. And so if you could help us out with an offering of any size during the month of September, we would deeply, deeply appreciate it. You can go onto the website and there will be a drop-down menu there for you to donate. Or if you would like to mail a check in, Just make the check payable to Hope Along the Journey, and you can mail it to 3072 West Tower Avenue, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45238. And again, thank you so much for your prayers and support of this ministry. Today, it is my joy to have here with me today none other than Ruth Darlin. Ruth, welcome to Hope Along the Journey. Thank you. Thank you. And we had you Mother's Day this yes. is past year. Yes. Yeah. So you're 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 a return celebrity, aren't you? Isn't that great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're just so delighted that you came back. If you had never heard her story on Mother's Day, go back into the archives on the podcast and pick that up because she she shares some really some remarkable insight on that Mother's Day broadcast and so an episode. So go back and listen to that. We're, we are recording this right here on the campus. Drum roll in the background. We are right here on the campus of Kentucky Mountain Bible College, sitting here in a classroom, uh, and I don't even know who the guy's name in the picture behind you, but nonetheless, this must have been a classroom <laughs> named after him. And so if you hear bells ring, or you hear all of a sudden hear a bunch of kids stampeding down the hallway, it's because we're recording this here on site. But hopefully it'll be, it'll be okay. All right, let's get back to today's subject. So Ruth is here today, and I had told Ruth that I wanted to record with her today and just have a discussion on a topic that she would really like to talk about. And one of the things that surfaced immediately was the matter of anxiety. So Ruth, why is this a subject that is especially maybe 
meaningful to you or important to you? Well, I'm currently counseling a lot of the students here at Kentucky Mount Bible College, and this is something that comes up. Um, this is probably more prevalent than anything else that we deal with, mm-hmm. is um, anxiety, all different kinds of anxieties. Mm-hmm. But I've also had a personal problem with anxiety, and um, <laughs> and I, no, for most of my life. That, should I? <laughs> well, um, I think that might have been part of the reason I went into counseling in the first place, because yeah, <laughs> yeah. I knew I had a problem. Right. Um, but God's really given me victory over it. That's great. And so yeah, yeah. I'd love to share some things. That's great. And you and as you mentioned, you are a licensed counselor and you've worked with substance abuse in the past and you've done a lot of work with kids and teens. And you're even currently, I think you told me that you're actually doing some kind of clinical super supervising for the state of Kentucky as well. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, a few hours a week. That's great. So you that you think that maybe your anxiety was one of the reasons why you got into this. How far back did that, where did that anxiety start? And why do you think it, it became an issue for you in your life? I don't, I don't even remember probably not having it in my life, but, um, I do know that it kind of got to the place after I had kids where I thought I'm going to be a horrible mom if I let this continue. So I really just started praying that God would really help me with it. And he did. Yeah. And you know, what is amazing to me? And of course I haven't known you that many years, but to honestly, to sit down and talk to you or to be around you, I would never have any clue that anxiety was ever anything that ever had plagued you. But I think that's one of the things about anxiety, too. It's not like it's like something you can outwardly always see that people are, are really dealing with. Because I know people who seem to have their life together. Mm-hmm. But if you really get to know them, they really do wrestle with it, don't they? Yeah, it's surprising how many people actually struggle with it. But I can honestly say I don't really struggle with it anymore. So That's great. Yeah. That's And that's probably why I don't see it, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll just, you know, I'll save my testimony for a little later on. But even, you know, in the last few years, I've had some struggles with anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's centering around uh, aging and retirement and that kind of stuff. But... Uh, so I guess I guess at different ages and different circumstances, anxiety can kick in. But you see it a lot here among students. You said mm-hmm, that you deal yeah. with them. Why do you th- What do you think that so many students deal with anxieties? What, where do you see some of the causes of that? Well, I want to make sure that we differentiate different kinds of anxiety. Um, so we oftentimes group it all together, you know, and so sometimes. We use verses to talk about it. Um, I think a lot of times in the Bible when it's talking about anxiety, it's talking about the thinking type of anxiety. Okay. Um, and when I use these terms, these are not um, diagnostic terms. Mm-hmm. These are kind of things I've come up with to kind of put them in different categories. Um, but there's one type that I, I think of as the medical type. And this is, you know, along with, say somebody has diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that their body's not producing the insulin like it should And so they have to take insulin in some form. Whether this is diabetes type 1 or 2, they both need some sort of medical intervention. Um, And and the reason is because their body is not producing all that it needs to to deal with everything. So I think that there's a type of anxiety that's similar to that where their body is not producing enough of the good-feeling chemicals to deal with the negative chemicals and so it's almost like they have this faucet of negative feelings and chemicals that are being released that they just can't stop. And so <clears throat> that is important to understand the difference there because you're right. There is a difference between the thinking type 
of anxiety and people that actually have something mm-hmm. that probably what kind of treatment or what would you what would they need to do people that it, it's like you said there's this this non-stop of anxiety that seems to flood their lives consistently so um similar to diabetes you know what we do actually affects you know so like mm-hmm. because we know even though we know that diabetes is a medical problem we still need to alter our lifestyle to, you know, we're not going to yes. eat a whole bunch of cake or whatever. Right. Um, even though we know that we need some insulin or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so similar to this, I oftentimes think that somebody is going to need some sort of medication to okay. help okay. fight that. And personally, I, I like to encourage people to take antidepressants over anti-anxiety medications after dealing yes. with people who have um, addictions. I think that antidepressants are more effective in the long term. Um, but then also they need to change their thinking patterns too, okay. which is really hard because yes, it is <laughs> really, really hard, but it's kind of like that similar thing with diabetes. You need to take some medicine and you also need to change your lifestyle habits. So yeah, it sounds kind of, kind of like maybe like mm-hmm. there's a holistic approach here. Like you needed maybe mm-hmm. some physical things, emotional things, thought process, a lot of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there may be multiple. Yeah, I like the way that you liken it to diabetes because I'm a, I'm a type 2 diabetic. So I get that need. It's not just like to take the pill and it takes care of it all. There's mm-hmm. got to be some lifestyle adjustments and things mm-hmm. that you can do and look at it a more holistic approach. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's the kind, the clinical person who wrestles with anxiety probably ought to see a good Christian counselor to... Mm-hmm. to get some advice as well. But what about the person who just is like these anxious thoughts that we're dealing with? Or maybe we're going through a period of time where it feels like we're struggling with some anxiety. What would you say to that person? What are some good, good sound advice for them? So I think a lot of times when the Bible talks about anxiety, it has that word in there. Um, I don't think it's necessarily talking about the medical type, mm-hmm. um, because if you look at a lot of different verses, like, um, for instance, Proverbs twelve twenty five, an anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. Mm-hmm. Um, this is obviously talking about not a medical thing that's going on in your brain, but like a choice Correct. of thinking mm-hmm. in a different way. Um, so I think this is not talking about somebody who has a racing pulse that they can't calm down or shakiness mm-hmm. that they just can't stop. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, panicky, this is talking about somebody who has a thinking pattern and they're choosing to dwell on it. Um, Right. You know, you mentioned something to me, and I'd like to hear you share some of this because you talked a lot about to me like you were using like train tracks or or as being thought, and we talked about even like ruts, developing ruts in our minds. Would Would you be able to Give us some of that conversation that we had earlier. Again, share some of that about how that develops in our minds, increase that downward spiral in our thinking. So I often like to think about the brain as kind of like a train track. Um, It needs fuel and it needs a track to follow. Mm -hmm. Um, And whenever we're going to change our life, we have to build new train tracks. And, And the way our brain works, every time we have a thought, it's like it, uh, the train travels down that path, and it produces chemicals that make us feel a certain way. So I've heard you talk about your grandkids, and I'm sure whenever you see them, <laughs> you have some sort of thought of, yes. I just love this kid, and you have these good-feeling chemicals that are produced when you think about that. Absolutely. And um, so that's how our thoughts work, and sometimes okay. we have negative okay. thoughts, and it produces these negative chemicals. 
um, every time we think that. And it gets ingrained. So, you know, we have these thoughts and they get kind of stuck on these patterns where yeah. we have these negative okay. things that we're thinking about, these negative chemicals that, that are being produced. And the more we allow that to happen, the more this just becomes a natural part of our lives that we can't really just jump out of or just change really easily. So it has to be very purposeful to change both the chemicals that are being produced and to change our thought patterns. Yeah, because uh, the way we think really does impact how we feel, doesn't it? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, and I, th- I think if we just try to, like we used to say, just cheer up. <laughs> well, okay, but how do I do, how do I cheer up? How do I, or, you know, just stop worrying. You just need, don't need to worry about that. We, You know, I've said things like that. Other people mm-hmm. have said things like that. But it's not really mm-hmm. just like, I can just turn it off or turn it on. If I would, I would just turn it off. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But again, going back to those uh, those thought patterns that keep spiraling down, how what are ways maybe somebody could begin to work on laying those new train tracks or yeah. you know neuroplasticity is the great mm-hmm. word everybody talks about today where you create the new pathways what are what are ways that you think and that somebody could maybe start working on stopping that spiral okay so in order to talk about that i think we need to talk a little bit more about what anxiety is okay and so there's different types of anxiety like i said mm-hmm. so i want to make sure this is not we're not talking about someone who's got a medical problem okay you know? very well, good yeah. um but I think a lot of times anxiety comes down to, can you think of any anxious thoughts that don't involve us trying to control something? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I think a lot of times we're trying to control something that's actually out of our control, and we know it. That's a good point, yes. And so a lot of the verses in the Bible that talk about anxiety are actually telling us, you can't control this and you don't have to. Mm-hmm. And you can surrender this to me and you can let me control this. Mm-hmm. And so... If we uh, surrender those things to God and ask him, what do you want me to do in this situation? Oftentimes he's wanting us not to change the situation, but to allow him to change our hearts and to purify our motives and then let him make the changes in the situation. Yeah, and, that's, that's, that's excellent. And I love what you said, Ruth, about so many times the anxiety is centered around things that are not in our control. And you, the moment you said that, something light went on in my head because I think so many times as I think about when I let anxiety start having its way in my thought processes, they almost always deal with things that I, I don't have any control of. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we have to find some way to turn those things over and give those things to God in some way. So so for this person who doesn't, it's not, again, we're not talking about somebody who's clinically is dealing with anxiety and needs some other forms of help, though maybe some of this could be yes, part of it too, this right? Is awfully, I, th- I do believe this is part of it, that they're going to have to learn how to let some things go mm-hmm. and surrender these things and allow, and part of the surrender is not just allowing God to have the situation, but allow, but accepting his outcomes mm-hmm. and really choosing to believe that all things work together to, for good for those that yes, are, right. love him right. and are called according to his purpose. And when God really helped me with this, this became like a six months of every few minutes me having to repeat this. And every time that these negative thoughts entered my mind, mm-hmm. and I have to say, 
you know, I surrender this to God. And um, one of the most common thoughts I had was that my, one of my kids is going to die someday. And they, like they could get killed in a car wreck or they could get whatever. Yeah. And I had to say, you know, I believe, I think a lot of our anxiety comes from beliefs that we don't believe that God is good or we don't believe that he's capable or we don't believe that he's actually involved in our lives. So I had to yeah. use those verses to tell, tell myself those things mm-hmm. that he's good. He cares. He's involved. And That's so beautiful. Yeah. Whatever happens, I know that he is going to be with us. And if this, this could happen, mm-hmm. but he is going to be with us. He is going to be holding us and everything is going to turn out for good for, because we love him and we are called according to his purposes. That's beautiful. That's great. And, and you just actually jump back one step further beyond what we think to what we believe. I heard you say that we have to actually believe that that God is good. We have to actually believe that he's, you know, because I think even one step back further, and and I see this in my life too, is that generally behind some of my stinking thinking is a faulty belief mm-hmm. yeah. that I need to really address. Do I really believe God is good? Do I believe he's working all things together for my good? Do I believe that God can handle the things that I can't handle? Mm-hmm. So, and again, how, how do we, how do we rewire that whole belief system? And and you just said that for you, it was a lot of rehearsing scripture over and over and over. And and I was building different train tracks. Yeah. Because my yeah. train tracks before were I believed that I had to control it and I had to um, make sure it happened a certain way. And I had to, you know, in, in my mind, I was thinking my kids yeah. are never going to get in a car with somebody else. My right. kids are not, you know. Right. But then I had to just keep telling myself every time I had these fears or these mm-hmm. thoughts that right. Right. that God is good and he is leading us and he is involved and he's working everything for our good mm-hmm. and we can trust him. And this takes time too. I think mm-hmm. too we need to realize it's not like, you know, if you just start quoting these verses in, mm-hmm. in 48 hours, you're going to be well. I think this, because we didn't get, probably mm-hmm. we didn't get where we were in our thought processes overnight either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you think some of this anxiety goes back probably even to childhood events, or it could even find itself in childhood trauma or events that maybe took place that that maybe left us wondering or with some anxiety? Do you think that could come into play? And if so, how? I definitely think that could come into play. Um, but I think the devil just kind of plays on us Absolutely. and tries to get us to control things. Because if you look at the garden, when Adam and Eve, I mean, the devil was like, you mm-hmm. can control this. You can have this. Yes. You don't have to listen to him. You can be God. Yeah. So I think there's just always this desire to control it and not surrender to God's outcomes. Mm-hmm. That's great. Where does prayer fit into this? So we talked about, there's that bell. I told you people would hear a bell, didn't I? So we talked about scripture. Does prayer have a place in this? So where would where could prayer have a place in working through anxiety? Um, well, definitely. I do believe that a big part... Um, so these are some natural ways that I, you can produce good feeling chemicals in your brain mm-hmm. um, is to count your blessings. And that sounds so cliche, but there's a lot of studies done on this that people who list three things that they are thankful for mm-hmm. every day, mm-hmm. um, it's similar to taking an antidepressant. So it's amazing. It yeah. does so much for their brain. And when we count our blessings and we focus on what God has done for us, it can really strengthen our faith and help us to look at new situations and be like, I have no idea what's going to happen here, right. but look what God has done in the past. Yeah. And it helps us to be more content too. 
And so we can say, you know, like, this is not what I had planned for my life, but, you know, this is good. This is really good, and God has really taken care of us, and I'm okay with it. That's beautiful. And that explains why, you know, I've I've heard or read where people took, like, a 40-day challenge of gratitude, Mm -hmm. where every day they listed, you know, maybe a handful of things they were grateful for, and how much that really helped them in dealing with these things, again, because you're looking back and taking a look back and realizing that God helped me then, well, that he'll, he'll help me now. Mm-hmm. So that's great. What are other things that maybe people could do that would help them um, in dealing with some of these ang- anxious thoughts? So this is a little bit along the same lines, but um, you know the verse uh, Philippians 4, 8, finally, mm-hmm. brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest with it. So everything's are just, you know, right, think right. On, on these things. Um, I really believe that this is very, very real and that we need to really be thinking on these things because, um, for instance, like the devil is the accuser of the brethren. Yes. yes. And he puts these thoughts in our minds mm-hmm. about other people. Mm-hmm. Like, look what they're, they're trying to do this to you on purpose or they're trying to, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, right, right. um, you know, they're doing this or they're doing that. And he tries to make us anxious and upset mm-hmm. and cause division um, but if we focus on these things, this produces chemicals in our brain that are like, you know what? It doesn't matter. God has, you know, um, we can just look at them in a totally different yes, light. Yes, yes. And not allow that kind of stuff to fester. And it doesn't mm-hmm. produce these negative chemicals that feed that anxiety. Mm-hmm. And the devil mm-hmm. knows what he's doing. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been doing this a long time. Yeah. And he knows how we're wired and he knows mm-hmm. that these, how to get our mm-hmm. minds into this merry-go-round of in this downward spiral. What about music? Have you thought much about music and, and what role that maybe plays? Yeah, so, um, uh, well, it does produce good feeling chemicals in our brain, mm-hmm. especially like praise music right? Um, or anything that helps us to focus on, focus on God. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's definitely a big one. Another big one is giving gifts to other people. Um, okay, that's interesting. So you know the verse that's better get to give than to receive. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, they've actually done some studies when that when somebody gives us a gift, our good feeling chemicals increase. Um, like you know, I don't really have a measure for it, but like say like an inch. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we give a gift to somebody else, it goes up about seven times that much. That's fascinating. So so it we, truly is more blessed yeah. to give than to receive. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? Wow. And yet so many times when we're dealing with anxiety, we do kind of tend to want to draw into ourselves, don't mm-hmm. we? Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of anxiety is very much centered around me or my or my little world or my circumstances and that really so that kind of helps maybe take us out of that when mm-hmm. we do that. Is there anything else you would recommend, like exercise or yes. anything? So if you exercise like three or four times a week for about 30 minutes each time, okay. they say that's just as effective as an antidepressant. Um, so when I say exercise, it doesn't have to be hardcore. This is... Um, can, Boy, good. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> this can just be something that um, raises your heart rate. So yeah. that's different for everybody, you know? Yeah. And um, so it can just, it can be a walk if that's what raises your heart rate. Yeah. Um, or so something that's actually even more simple, but, um, I told somebody the other day, (laughs) made me think of this. I told somebody that the reason I like to eat at buffets is because I get my steps in. (laughs) 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 I don't think that works out very well, but anyway, so, but just even moderate exercise three times a week Mm -hmm. or so, getting your heart rate up can really be beneficial, can it? And sunlight. Sunlight. It's a big one. So wow. you've heard about people in 
Um, every year I get advertisements from Alaska to come mm-hmm. and be a counselor there mm-hmm. um, because when they have their six months of night, there's a lot of depression, a lot of the well, suicide rate is really high. So, wow. But it's sunlight produces a lot. Yeah. So, And the reason I'm talking about good feeling chemicals is because these are the things that fight the negative uh, anxiety chemicals mm-hmm. that make us feel a lot of anxiousness. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the, the, the time to go over some of these because this is, you know, some of these things that people can do in a practical way because it sounds like there are multiple things we can do that maybe can help us. That is if we're not dealing with something that's clinical, something Mm -hmm. that we have to be, that we need to be on some kind of medication for. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you, this is, this is the big question I want to ask you too. Do you think social media feeds into our anxieties at all? Yes. um, There's, there's a a lot of research on um, the addictive, of every time people click on like Facebook or Twitter Mm -hmm. and how it actually um, immediately produces chemicals in our brain that make us feel negative uh, feeling chemicals. Okay. And so, and then when people kind of go on a fast from it, it gets better and that's fascinating. (laughs) Mental health gets better. What do you think's going on? Is it, is it the comparison thing? Is it that we feel less than, or is it, what what do you think's happening with social media that makes us, can really depress us if we're not careful. I think there's different things. Um, but I, one thing they've actually found that is just the fact of clicking on it in the first place mm-hmm. actually does produce some sort of like addictive chemicals okay. in our brain okay. that are not good. Um, but yeah, probably the comparison or seeing things that um, you're frustrated with. You see yeah. a lot of political stuff. Yeah. Who's not frustrated by oh, absolutely. politics in some way or another. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I, and I deal with people too. And of course I got four daughters who always, we always have these open conversations. But one of the things that often comes up when we get on the conversation is they're, they're looking at f- on Facebook and all these other people have such perfect lives. And of course, I mean, that, that creates, you know, feelings of discontent, but I wonder if that doesn't also maybe create some sense of anxiety because they don't feel like they're measuring up or they're as good as, and then they feel that pressure to be a better, whatever, fill in the blank. Do you think mm-hmm. some of that? Yeah, I, de- I definitely think so. Um, um, I, I'm really blessed that most of my friends on Facebook are pretty honest about their problems <laughs> and stuff. So, um, <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of that, but I, I do have a lot of people I've counseled that have really struggled with that. And yeah. so um, I know that most of the people I'm friends with on Facebook don't have perfect lives. That's good to realize that too, I, isn't it? I hope they realize that I don't either. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Especially when you got five children that are under four years of age. Yeah. <laughs> that is incredible. God bless you. I, you know, if that doesn't create, and yet you don't seem to be having a lot of anxiety. So you have definitely found some way to deal with all of that, haven't you? Yeah. That's great. Well, Ruth, I really appreciate you taking the time to do, to talk to this today. And I know we have, we've kind of, we've had a great conversation and we've cut up a little bit along the way, but there, on a serious note, there are, there are people that this really is mm-hmm. it, it's a it's a real plague for them. It mm-hmm. really it does pull them down. I've seen it working with students. I've seen it pastoring people. So if somebody came to you and said just openly said I'm dealing with anxiety, what would be just one or two first things that you would want to ask them questions or what? Where would you start them in what direction? Okay, so my first thing I usually try to do is figure out what what it is that they are trying to control, mm-hmm. and okay. um. It usually comes down to image or um, some sort of situation. Mm-hmm. And so if it's a whole lot of things, 
then that usually tells me, I mean, if they have a whole lot of things and they, um, you know, we kind of clear up some of that stuff and then they still have more, mm-hmm. tells me it's probably a medical issue. Gotcha. Um, okay. But if there's certain situations that they are trying to control or if there is an image kind of thing, then we do go in kind of two different directions. Um, I do think that image is a big thing that we try to control what other people think of us. Yes. And try to paint this issue, you know, paint ourselves a certain way. Um, and that comes down to an identity thing usually and who okay. we are in Christ. And I, so I, if we go in that direction, I try to help them figure out who they are and who, mm-hmm. who, what their idea of who God is and, um, and then who they are in that. And then if it's a control thing, um, then we try to deal with like surrender. Yeah. You give me a lot to think about because, again, I, I think about that and I think, you know what, you're absolutely right as I think about it. There are big control issues centered around anxiety, and then there's a lot of perception and image centered around anxiety of two. And uh, especially if people are natural-born people pleasers, it makes mm-hmm. it a challenge, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ruth, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it so much. God bless you and your ministry and all that you and your husband do here at Kentucky Mountain Bible College I deeply appreciate it. And thank you, listeners, for listening today to today's episode of Hope Along the Journey. As I always say and mean from the depths of my heart, if you look to Christ, He is the hope of the world, and He will help you to find hope along the journey. God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about Hope Along the Journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more Hope Along the Journey.